Welcome back everybody to Clone Wars Commentary. I know it's been a hot minute since you have heard from me, um, but I'm back as your host, Cheyenne, and I'm joined by a very special guest, Chris from Sarlacc Digest. Say hi, Chris. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're very happy that he's here. Uh, Danny and I were on an episode on the Sarlacc Digest, uh, so if you haven't checked that out, please do so. It was very fun uh, to meet the whole crew and have a discussion, and I just reached out through Haas Topic on Instagram and was able to get Chris to join me today to discuss two episodes from season three. Um, so if you haven't checked out the rest of the seasons that are up, we started a little rough. We started doing arcs, so please go check those out and enjoy some Clone Wars commentary. Again, we're in season three. We are starting with episode seven today. Um, it is called Assassin. And I wanted to focus on some Padme Ahsoka episodes. So, Chris, uh, when I reached out, what were your initial thoughts on these two episodes? Right on. Well, uh, tell you what, as part of the crew, and you know, there's six of us on Sarlacc, and we all have different types of opinions and what have. But generally, as a rule of thumb through Clone Wars, all the seasons, if I come up, and there's a lot of filler in Clone Wars, mm -hmm. if I come up upon a Padme episode, a episode, or a Jar Jar episode, mm -hmm. generally the rule is I skip them because mm -hmm. they feel like filler. Mm -hmm. The exceptions would be Jar Jar with Mace Windu. I love that arc, even yeah. though most of the guys don't. <laughs> I, lo I love that that deal. And Ahsoka with Padme, I did. Because anything with Ahsoka at this point, I love. You take take away the first couple episodes of the first season, and Ahsoka's it. Ahsoka's my top Jedi. Yeah, so. yeah. You know what? It's interesting that you say that, too, because I even wrote in my notes. I was like, you know, at first I didn't really love this version of Ahsoka, because she's young and she's naive and so gung-ho about some things. And um, obviously, as most fans, I grew to enjoy her as she also grew. But I really like, in these episodes, I kind of do enjoy Ahsoka more than I thought I did. Um, or more than I did before, at least. Yeah. So that was nice. I, I really think, after watching them, I got to appreciate these episodes again as I got ready for this the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is really probably her turning point to where she ends up in, in Season 7. I think this is where she starts to see the politics, the government, and the war in a whole different light. Yeah, I would agree. that It's definitely like, these are your first steps type deal. Um, yeah, absolutely. So for Season 7, the fortune cookie at the beginning is, The future has many paths. Choose wisely. Uh, so honestly, until literally just now, I hadn't thought of it that way. this way. But obviously this, usually the fortune cookie, like, portray something along with the, the specific episode, but reading it out loud now in tandem with what we just said about, like, her first steps into realizing the politics and stuff, I feel like the future has many paths and you choose wisely. That's kind of a little alluding to her future, too. Oh, yeah. There was a point in there where, where she was having uh, premonitions, right? She was having mm -hmm. visions. And Yoda told her, you know, just like he told Luke, you know, the, the future is always in motion. Mm -hmm. Well, how he says it, you know. Yeah. And then... Uh, so be wise which way you go because there's tons of different futures you can have. So, yeah, it was it was a really good setup right there with the fortune cookie for the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Um, so uh, to all my listeners, I did explain to Chris we have a few things that we like to stick through. Um, so we'll just kind of go through some of the not necessarily major events but talking points that provide the content from the episode. So opening with Anakin and Ahsoka coming back from missions. Um the Jedi Council praising her 
um, for good work, which is just interesting because I feel like with my, like, Star Wars movie brain, I'm so used to them, like, not being so nice to Anakin, and then that's it. <laughs> and then we go away. Right. Right. Um, but because of that... Yeah, they treated Anakin as nice as they treat Ahsoka, right? Yeah, <laughs> they, honestly. They treat her great. They don't treat Anakin great. Imagine if they had. <laughs> like, right. poor Anakin. I think about that a lot, though. That's just me having him as a favorite character. <laughs> um... But in this, like, conversation, they talk about going to Bayleth. So Bayleth is one of those, like, silly random things that I was telling you. I love to, like, learn more about the random stuff that we pass um, in these episodes. So really all I learned about Bayleth was it's a third... Oh, the third legion is there because there's a civil war that broke out on the planet and it's in the inner rim. That's literally the only information I have. It's all Wikipedia had. Um, I did not check StarWars.com. That's probably all there is. Yeah. And they said that it's in the Legends Essential Atlas. I don't know if that's like a physical book, a website that I've missed out on, or what. But it's in there. <laughs> uh, you would you would be able to find it online. Yeah. But, but anything, again, anything Legends, do try to stay away from anything Legends until it becomes canon like it just did. Mm-hmm. So until they put it in like a, a galactic map in canon, that's when I that's when I can see it, right? Yeah. And the old Atlas, yeah, there's a book copy. Yeah, I should look at that because I, I think I do have a galactic map book somewhere over there. Uh, but... I hadn't even I hadn't even thought of that. For me too, like planets. The reason I even bought the book is because I don't really think about planets all that often. I'm just like, oh, there's like a ton of planets and it's just endless and forever. Um, but the fact that they were on this random one and we never hear about it again, it's just interesting. I love right, that well, stuff. You, 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 uh, being a Star Wars fan, you end up being an astronomer. You know, and learning about planets, you, yeah. know, you become a psychologist and learn about these relationships. You learn about all the creatures and everything. You know, you're, you you learn a lot of stuff that you wouldn't learn in real life. Like, if I studied this hard in, in school, yeah. I'd be in a whole different place in my life. Right? Me too. I bought the, you said creatures and stuff. I also have the, like, flora and fauna of a planet or something. And that's just, it's like, when yeah, am I ever going to need that? That's not real. <laughs> but it is me. Oh, when you do a podcast is when you need it, right? Exactly, exactly. Then I don't have to be like, oh. Um, So I feel like the conversation um, before, so we're in the council, we leave the council, and I feel like the conversation before Anakin, like, leaves on this mission to Bayleth um, is the first time that we really, like, see anything in reference to them saying, like, oh, Ahsoka, you need to, like, go study. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, that was that was really it, and they were leaving her alone there and, and letting Anakin go on. Said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was the uh, first time I had really heard any of that, any kind of studying. Yeah, have you read um, Apprentice? Oh, my God. Master and Apprentice. Master and Apprentice? Yeah. Like six times, yeah. Okay, I just I just finished it a, like a month or two and ago. This, 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 I was saying, this episode is quite similar. Uh, yeah, and that's, for me, that was, like, it kind of hit me whenever he said, like, you need to go study, because all I was thinking about was, um, like, Qui-Gon and Dooku and Obi-Wan, and the studying and not-so-studying <laughs> of their teachings, and, like, the way that, I guess, it not necessarily used to be, because it probably still is this way within 
the like temple itself, but we don't see any of that because that's not the quote unquote interesting stuff, you know? So to think about Ahsoka Tano or Anakin Skywalker having to like sit in a room and study things is interesting. <laughs> yeah. It kind of goes back to uh, attack of the clones when they're in the Jedi temple archives, you can see kids in there studying or Obi-Wan in there looking for stuff and Jocasta yeah. there. I mean, that's where all they're all going to do for their research. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's neat to think that these guys are basically in school in this temple learning how to be Jedi. I think it's rad. Yeah. It's so fun. Um, I think it would be really cool. I'm, I love these conversations because they spark random ideas. And as a writer, I need those, (laughs) but it would be really cool to like follow around like a class of Jedi, like, like a, like a high school TV show you would see like on like Disney or Nick or something. But with Star Wars characters, yeah. you just follow them around in school. That'd be kind of fun. Um, okay. Uh, we see. Yeah, I feel like that should be on their list of things. I'm yeah. sure it's there. It needs to be a plan. I all the time think of these things and then I'm like, I can't tell anyone because Lucasfilm's already either thought of it or they won't think of it until they hire me. Right. Um, We're always acting like they listen to us. Yeah. Like we give them ideas. We tell, we tell Kathleen Kennedy and, and everybody what to do and we're sure they listen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I will give them all my ideas and then eventually they'll pay me. Um, (laughs) So the next thing that we find from Ahsoka is that she's having visions. Um, I thought it was when I, I remember like when I first, first saw season three, I thought it was super interesting that she also got visions amongst Anakin having visions. Just, I mean, just because like it seems so close, you know? You would think that it would be a rare gift or something. Yeah, it is. But it just seems... Yeah, because you really so don't cool. hear it a lot, right? We know Qui-Gon. We know Qui-Gon had visions. Mm-hmm. We know uh, Yoda obviously has visions. Mm-hmm. And you knew Anakin did. And now Ahsoka. So, I mean, it does seem like it's not... Every, it was pretty... In Master and Apprentice, everybody has visions. Yeah. So. Yeah, it just seemed... Yeah, it seemed like it was one of those things that at first it was, like, alluded to that it was rare. And then it's just... All of a sudden, I felt like, wow, everybody gets these. <laughs> Um, right. And why is it always Padme dying right now? Yeah. Everybody needs to save Padme. Yeah, this is, I mean, she almost dies in the movies. She almost dies in the show, like, so many times. Um, there are other people that could almost die. Right. <laughs> um, right, but it's always everybody's vision about somebody close. It's always Padme. Mm-hmm, it's always Padme. It's, it's, it's neat how it's always Padme. Yeah, I, um, whenever I was first thinking about that, too, and this leads into, like, the Padme-Ahsoka relationship kind of uh, information, I guess, would be, like, my real question behind it was, like, is she having these visions because she has a connection to Aura Singh because they've already interacted? Or is it because she has a connection to Padme? Or is it because she has a connection to Anakin, who is connected to Padme? Like, I just was, like, spiraling on how Ahsoka knew. I think it's that that last one. I, I really do. I, th- I think it's that she's so close to Anakin that anything with an Anakin she's feeling. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I did too. Yeah, I was like, my personal bias means that it's because of Anakin. So, <laughs> because to be fair, my personal bias again and and the war itself leans to the fact that everything is because of Anakin because he's the guy. <laughs> he's the one. Basically, yep. <laughs> That's right. Um, so Padme has this, um, like, mission, this conference that she wants to go on for refugees on Alderaan. 
I don't know if I just missed it or if they didn't talk about it, but where are these refugees from? Do we know? Like, do we know anything about why there are refugees? Oh, I, wish I, would, I wish I would have thought about looking it up. No, I didn't even consider it. I was just so happy we were on Alderaan. Me too. And then at this point, I'm already having the think, the thought about Master and Apprentice. I know the vision's coming and all. And I'm like, oh, no. Why is it this episode was so close to that book um but just being on alderaan i i love that piece seeing the the scenery there and knowing bale is there and all this i I love seeing that piece yeah did you notice the uh little like cookie of not cookie i guess it is a cookie but like this little nugget of uh the woman that looked like leia and her ceremonial gown I, I did catch Leia's theme going on in there yeah she was so like when padme is speaking she's like sitting in one of the rows when it like pants the audience members and then again when they go back in but it's like the the decoy padme that's gonna go up to speak she's there like clapping right and i was i at first i was like oh neat no i didn't even catch that i was like leia wasn't born (laughs) look at padme like i was panicking in my head and then i was like oh i bet that was just like a thing screwed this up yeah i was like wait a minute Oh, but then I told myself, like, no, obviously they did that on purpose, and it's fine. Uh, Let's see. I'm so sorry. I take notes for literally everything, and my listeners know that, but not everybody that I record with does. You're all right. And you've been on our show. You know we have no notes for anything. (laughs) And you know what, though? Sometimes I think about that and I'm like, what if I just try it? What if I just try to not have notes? And then I'm like, no, then I'm not going to know literally what I'm talking about at all. I'll start talking about like candles or something. I don't know. <laughs> something stupid. Um, so she says that she's got visions telling her one thing and then reality telling her another. And when I say she, I mean Ahsoka. But, um, and earlier in the episode, Padme had told her like when she learns to trust in herself we obviously as the audience in that moment know that like her visions are telling her reality. She just isn't really registering when that reality will be, I guess. So right. really my question for you in, in regards to this is do you think that if she had had visions before now, if she would have recognized this or if she would still be, I guess, worried about it because it's, not around other Jedi. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think she's worried about it because of who it's affecting. It's mm-hmm. going to affect no Padme, which would affect Anakin. Even though she doesn't know about Padme right, and Anakin, he, she knows they're close. She even mentions it in the episode somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's that's a big part of it. Yeah, because for me, when she said that, I was just like, okay, well, Padme told you earlier to like trust in yourself, so just do that. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, I need to call. Yeah, but I think that's the thing, and with, the, and with these visions, you know, since you said before, where it's it's rare. It's not like they're trained vision or how to uh, find the, these visions. It's Yoda that ends up explaining them all the time that these visions because he's the one that would know. If it's a, um, so, I think that's probably a scary part to her, not knowing if it's a dream, if it's her imagination, if it's the Force telling her something. It's probably hard to tell for a Jedi, especially a Padawan, to kind of grasp, right? Um, Qui Gon was a master where he was having his and he was having a hard time. Is it now? Is it later? I know it's this room. I know something's going to happen, but what is it? What if it's telling me something I'm reading it wrong? And I think that's probably what Ahsoka's problem is, too. I'm, I'm causing this havoc here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put up alarms, and I don't even know if it's real. I could have had a bad dream because I ate a bad, but here it is. Yeah. Oh, no, that's so true. That's I hadn't even worry. 
yeah, I hadn't even thought of the fact that, like, she would be considering the outside factors, you know? I, I also just, sometimes I feel like when these episodes go so fast like this, because they have to, is that, like, I'm also moving super fast, so I'm like, well, this seems really obvious, but it's like, okay, Cheyenne, like, obviously, as a writer and as somebody who has to create more story behind what we're seeing, there's a lot going on in her head right now. <laughs> also, me trying not to yeah. dislike Ahsoka. Yeah, well, that's why I love the that's why I love the books. Right, that's yeah. why I dig the books so much because you end up getting all that stuff that goes on in their head, and, yeah. and then you you know there's more going on to each story. It's so neat. Yeah, exactly. Well, people ask me about, like, um, because they'll ask what I'm going to school for, and I'll say screenwriting, but also I want to be an author. Um, I've only ever had one person ask me specifically, like, why both? But that's one of the big reasons why. I'm like, because there's only so much that I can portray in the dialogue and the scene description and whatnot in a movie, and it's magical. I mean, like, we love movies, and we know that, but books are just so detailed. (laughs) Right. Um, okay. I mean, we're closing up this episode pretty quickly. They figure out that, um, and we'll go back through if there's anything that you want to touch on as far as like the uh, actual events of the episode of Aura and Ahsoka. Um, but basically the closing of the episode is that they find out that Zero the Hut is the person that hired Aura Singh. Um, and his full name, I guess, that I didn't know is Zero Desilijik Tiore. That's very fancy. <laughs> um, um, and he's a male crime lord who controlled seven star systems in the name of the Hut clan during the decline of the Galactic Republic. Um, he's a native to Slaheron. I don't know where that's at. Um, and then eventually left Hut space um, to live on Coruscant. He's got like a lot of details on his Wikipedia page, which is really cool. Because I feel like for a character like Zero, who is nasty (laughs) and just, like, angry and semi-pointless, he's got a lot of details behind him. And I feel like it adds so much more to Jabba for me because I never really cared about Jabba either. But the fact that there's, like, a whole Hut clan really helps me. (laughs) Oh, see, and I always thought the Hut gangsters were cool. And I wanted to see how it all worked. Yeah. The problem is using Zero... Initially, like in the movie, the movie they put out, Zero's a horrible hut. <laughs> the rest of them are all cool. Zero's like the hut there is. He's like the worst But, one. again, works for the character. Um, really the worst hut. Uh, yeah. But it was cool. You know, and, and I like that they you know, wrapping up Zero's uh, arc from the movie was pretty cool. Uh, that's true, yeah. I hadn't, and you know what? I don't really watch the movie. Like, I don't remember the movie, and I don't watch it enough in tandem with my rewatching of Clone Wars to remember all the details that go on, but it is cool to know that, like, they were still able to tie in the Clone Wars movie plus the live-action movies with this TV show, which is nice. All right, do you have any final thoughts on Padme and Ahsoka in Episode 7? Well, I'll tell you what I dug in this episode real quick. Mm-hmm. It is the fact that you start to realize Empire and the Rebellion, they're just two in general, right? The M sides to the coin. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even necessarily the others are bad people a lot of these people like the Benter quite good people they were friends with Padme already they're just on different sides when Ahsoka gets there and, and, and hears uh, oh my guy lost his Lux uh, talk about the Jedi killing his father and how his attitudes changed it helps Ahsoka see that there's not just 
her side and that's it. There's good people on both sides. And I always say that even about troopers and, and officers and everything on the Imperial side, they're not all bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. I don't consider Thrawn an evil villain. Thrawn's just Me who either. he does for quite different reasons. That's an hour long conversation. <laughs> but what I mean is yeah. he's not this Tarkin type character. There like there there are Tarkins and there are other people just working for the Empire because that's their job. They're as far as fighting for their country, they're fighting for their planet or their galaxy, whatever it is. Right. But that's their job. Um, and that they just happen to fall into a specific yeah. category and have to deal with what, I mean, that's why we see defectors from both sides, you know, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, uh, but that was, it's an awesome episode. Um, as far as like seeing Ahsoka develop and seeing Ahsoka and Padme's relationship. And we continue that into episode 10, um, on a different mission, kind uh, of a similar motivation, uh, because Padme obviously having some form of like a political duty to pursue um, with the Bonteris. So episode 10 is called Heroes on Both Sides. And oh, I jumped in. I jumped an episode. That's OK. That's OK. We got more to talk about in it. So that's all good. Um, the fortune cookie is fear is a great motivator. That's uh, so accurate. <laughs> because accurate for the episode because of the events that happen, the explosion that happens. Um, but when you hear the the fortune cookie, fear is a great motivator. What else in Star Wars do you think about? Oh, the Empire in general, the Death Stars, the weapons of mass destruction they keep making. You know, that's why they make them. Mm-hmm. I think about it a lot in reference to Palpatine because, like, even in this episode, he comes across to Padme as, like, like a grandfatherly type behavior and that he is somehow running an entire empire empire without her knowledge. Like that blows my mind every time I think about it, no matter how much I already know it exists. So for this one, um, my specific characters that I want to talk about, my like two little side profiles that I want to do are on, is it Senator? Representative Psalm or Senator Psalm. Um, he's the. There's the Trade Federation, the Banking Clan, and the Techno Union. So I guess he's with them. Um, he's like the weird alien with the beak looking thing. <laughs> um, and he is an Ishi Tib. Oh, yeah, with the Techno Union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, an Ishi Tib. And I. For me, like, again, there's not a lot to really say with him. Um, but he is seen in the live action movies and in this show. Um, and he basically is like the, I guess, ugly stepchild of the situation. You know, it seems like the banking clan and the, the trade federation have kind of always known what's going on, but he seems like, I have an idea. And they're like, okay, maybe. (laughs) And that's really all we get from him. Right. And that's about it. The tech union and and the banking clan. Which it comes out guys making the money and making this war happen, right? Which it comes out quite you know, in this episode that they can stop. Well, you know, we're running them into it, but right. uh, yeah, these guys are running the war. They want this war to keep going. Which actually is a nice connect if anybody deal with Finn. Last Jedi, why we had to go on that whole deal with Finn and Rose is the same exact point being made. How people make money off of war and and what have you. True, that's a good point. I hadn't really even thought of that. I think about um, the fact of whenever I watch the like Senate room scenes of anything, the movies, the show or whatever. They're obviously almost always arguing about the same thing. And I'm like, nobody else besides like Padme Bale and Mothma thought to like 
these guys speak up an awful lot and they really love war. Like, maybe we should ask them why, you know? And I know that's obviously, like, it would branch off from main characters, but it would be a cool uh, thought process for a side story similar to how, like, Rose and Finn went to discover that for themselves. Yeah, exactly. Now, exactly what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then... I'll get to him in a minute, actually. I was going to jump ahead of myself. Um, So we'll continue this relationship with Padme and Ahsoka. They meet with Anakin in the hallway um, and basically, like, have this awkward conversation of, like, you get to teach her about politics, which is very funny because it's a very, like, mom and dad situation of, like, this is is your part. Here you go. Have the child. Ahsoka Um, asks Anakin, isn't it our duty to speak our minds to advise the Chancellor? Have we seen that before? Has anybody ever spoken up about something like that before in Star Wars? As far as the Jedi go, I guess. Um, not that I can, not that I can think of. No, about saying to to the Chancellor, "This is we need peace." You mean? I guess. Like, so uh, we get to um, like the Senate room, and <clears throat> basically they're all discussing whether or not they're going to deregulate the banks and why they should or shouldn't do that. And then Padme pipes in, like usual, which is great, um, talking about. Fiscal responsibility versus moral responsibility. And I feel like when I think about this in real world, and real world would be like such a long discussion, but when I think about this in real world, um, fiscal and moral responsibility seem to like very rarely go hand in hand. And it's interesting that it's always thought from a perspective of like one or the other and you can't have both. If you were in the Senate room, this is more of like a, a theory-based question or a self-theory-based question. Sure. If you were in the Senate room and you thought about fiscal and moral responsibility, what would you say in those moments where Padme and them were talking about it? Well, this is a – okay, like you said, it's really close to home right now, right? This, these, these entire episodes are very close to where we're at yeah. in our world minus, minus a pandemic. Right. We're, we're right there. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so you've got to weigh it out. What's, what's – uh, what, what benefits the most people uh, um, at first, right? What do you mm-hmm. gotta figure is morally wrong? Obviously, I don't think killing is, is right, so you got to look at that. Um, yeah, it's tough because when you get to the moral responsibility and some of the discussion around it even is these are clones versus droids for the most part, right? The clones were built to be killed mm-hmm. and the droids were built to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of rough, but it also affects planets and, and uh, economies and things like that, so you have to yeah. – yeah, it's a tough discussion. That's why it's they so have this hard. war going on for so long because it, it's it's a tough thing. So I think the moral responsibility would be to try to look for peace mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not break the bank at the same time, which is a cool part of this this episode right here, really, because they really talk about breaking the bank and having to borrow money, basically from the other side, the banking clan, right. in order to build their army. You yeah. know, so they they fund their they fund their army by paying for their army. It's really weird. Yeah, it's such a strange dynamic. And you know what's also weird that I just thought about? Where does the banking clan get all their money? Like, if people are borrowing money from them. Bank. Yeah. Right. Like, I have them pictured in my head as Green God's Bank in the Wizarding World. They gotta be. Giant galactic bank. Yeah. Um, One planet that's just a vault. Yeah. When you imagine, like, the the moon creature that, like, um, is he a moon? I don't know what he is. That Obi-Wan meets... In the middle oh, yeah. of the yeah, yes. movie, and he's like in that big hole. I'm like, all of those are just little banks, <laughs> all of the right. little levels. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely such an interesting 
conversation to attempt to have in a quote-unquote child's cartoon. Um, but then, beyond all of this deepness, we get that infamous vote now <laughs> audio, and I love it so much. Right. It's such a silly thing to enjoy, but I love, I love in this, in these episodes when there's something that aligns with the movies, especially so accurately. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They do the really, well, we're talking about Floney here. He, he's the master of all of that. That's so right? fair. You know, I just finished uh, Avatar The Last Airbender and I watched it when I was a kid and I, it was one of those TV shows that like I watched religiously. Um, but yeah. Obviously, at the time, I had no idea who Dave Filoni was. I didn't care who the writers and directors were of things. And just, like, seeing his, like, season one of Avatar and then, like, thinking about Clone Wars and Rebels and everything, I'm like, wow, he's a genius. No, <laughs> uh, he really is. He's, he's George Lucas Jr. in the Star Wars world. Uh, there, There's very few people up there, I think, that get Star Wars, and that dude yeah. gets Star Wars more than anybody. He truly does. Um... So as we move forward in the episode, um, Ahsoka, so I said she, like, asks Anakin about the duty to speak their minds. Um, I think about it, whenever she was kind of talking about it, I was really, like, me and Ahsoka are very similar in the aspect of, like, I don't understand how we're talking about, and this, I guess, goes back to the fiscal and moral responsibility, but, like, how we're talking about, like, deregulating banks and the money of it all versus like taking care of our people because they intertwine so much and then also like not at all in some ways and how confused ahsoka was is how confused i was when i first started learning about politics and life in general and i was like how am i ever gonna make decisions thinking about all of this yeah, because on one end you want peace, everybody wants the peace, but then half of the people are going to be upset because they're going to lose money. But honestly, when it comes down to it, the the, the separatist side right there was all about money, which obviously isn't going to be immoral. They're right. obviously on the wrong there. Right? Yeah. But the people within it, the the Bonteris, like you're about to talk about, right? Yeah. They're they're on the maybe on the wrong side of the war or a different side of the war, but they're not not. Bad people are in it for the wrong reasons. They're not in it for making money. Like right, right. And it's all about, like, too, like, this one doesn't really touch on the propaganda of things, but, like, we see propaganda all over the place in Star Wars, and I feel like that's such a big thing that, like, helps people decide their quote-unquote side. Um, and yep. it often makes you forget that, like, okay, well, this is what I agree with on this side, and it often just makes you forget that, like, there doesn't just have to be that, you know? Um, and I feel like Senator Bonteri, Padme, and Ahsoka get that now, you know? Yeah, I want to see I want to see Star Wars version of Twitter. I want to see how everybody reacts to uh, I hate Palpatine and then go over to Organa and I hate Organa and he's this and that. I want to see that kind of fight and everybody make their points on Star Wars Twitter. That'd be so funny. Uh, in their world, not mine. Yeah, it would. Yeah, we don't Why? need any of that anymore. <laughs> their social media would be nuts <laughs> it would be wild it would be so fun imagine like yeah too because you get the you get the like palpatine aged and then the padme aged and then the ahsoka aged people it's like a whole dynamic yeah um so yeah and speaking no, well, you of know what the, I, I meant to go back and check this yeah now, did you notice in between episodes how this ahsoka's growth I want to I want to look at it real fast. Actually, we're recording, so I can look at it. I won't look silly looking at my phone. That's okay. But she went from the mid. I believe it was the midriff shirt into a full garb <gasps> by the next episode. Oh my god! Which to me is where she grew. 
when yeah. she takes off the when she changes from midriff to full garb is when I really find Ahsoka better. Yeah, yeah, because midriff she's still having to study. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, right. like In that episode, she was wearing the midriff. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. No, I'll also double check when we're done. Um, so she, I think you're right because when I think about it visually from a moment that we're we ab- are about to see is when she meets Lux and she talks to him, right? Um, and she's like, "I'm not so bad for a Jedi or whatever." And when we, they like scale up or they pan up of her whole um, frame, I think you're right. I think she's in her like yeah. full costume, for lack of a better word. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. She's in full costume in in, in that episode on yeah. Assassin. I'm just going to double check. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. That's the growth. Wow. So cool. That's pretty neat. That is pretty neat. I'll have to like see if yeah. like eight and nine have anything to do with it too, because I think eight and nine are just like single singular episodes again, which is why we kind of s- skipped over those for right now. They were. So I, I wonder. I kept watching how... them just so you know. It was uh, they. They were neat. Ep- you had a droid episode right after, which is an automatic skip. Yes. Right. Yes. But then you go to Quinlan Voss and Obi Wan as the next episode, chasing after Zero and Cat mm-hmm. Bane. That's a dope one too because I do I do love some Quinlan Voss episodes. Yeah. But uh, they weren't they weren't connected overly with these two. You picked a good okay. two to go with. Nice. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'll have to go back and watch those. And I definitely those are some that like I'll like do on my own for Clone Wars commentary. I'll be like, this was fun, and like this happened in this. <laughs> um, but these are like right. I love getting into these that have just such meat behind them, especially this like interaction oh, yeah. with Senator Bonteri. It's interesting to say the least. I know I use that word a lot because it's the best word to describe anything in Star Wars. But sure. Senator Bonteri lost her husband um, on the Argonor base. Um, He was setting up a base for the Separatists, and she said the clones attacked. So I don't really know what the purpose of the base was outside of, like, creating more territories, which is kind of comes from both sides, you know. Um, But she lost her husband, and I I wonder how their family aligned with the separatists before and then how maybe she had to adjust with not only the loss of her husband, but she also said her husband thought very like close mindedly like Ahsoka did when she first came to the Bonteri house. So I want to know if there was any like adjustment period of like her saying, Hmm. And that's why like agreeing to talk to Padme did anything or what? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how she would have set up before, but I think, I think it was interesting to you to use the same word. Uh, how, Padme knows that uh, Lux's mother actually admires Dooku, right? She mentioned, oh, you forgot yeah. you admire the man. Yeah. Right? Like, he's a leader to them, and he's not just some evil person or twisted ex-Jedi or anything. They they admire him on that side. He's a, right. That, that, that kind of thing um, trips me out, but he could have talked a whole half a galaxy into following him. It's pretty, pretty wild, pretty neat. Yeah. So I don't know what she said before, but I could see why they would follow Dooku. Yeah, and I wonder, I think about this too, is um, because we don't see really Dooku speaking to his people very often outside of um, this episode. Um, We mostly see him, like, interacting with Grievous and Palpatine and then, like, small groups, you know, small groups of leaders rather than, like, a whole group of voters. Um, I wonder what he, like, says to them to convince them of things. 
Well, he did it pretty good there. He's just like a he's just got all his propaganda, like you mentioned the propaganda. Yeah. He's got it all set. He says what they want to hear and how everybody else is hurting them and, and bringing their money down and, and wanting to blockade them. Yeah. And then you know the other way they don't really want peace, but we'll try it, whatever. Then he goes there and then they don't want peace. It's it's really a, a, a crazy weave that Palpatine's taking care of. Yeah. Uh, to get all that, but yeah, to your point, so seeing Dooku as the head of their Senate. And being um, having a voice in the Galactic Senate as the head of the Separatists was all really neat to see. Yeah. Um, to have him, you know, call off the, the deal. It, it's, it was awesome. That's, that's good stuff. Like, some people get bothered by the politics in, in Star Wars. I love it. That's what Star Wars has been about the whole time. Yeah. Uh, so throwing that stuff in there during a cartoon, I'm, I'm all for that. You, have to, you can't just be fighting all the time. It can't be this and that. You have to have that turmoil. There's a reason to be fighting over something, and the politics is what that is, you know? Um it's, it, I, for a long time, was like, I don't, I can't, I don't want to learn about it, I don't understand it, like, the politics in Star Wars, and that reflected a lot on the fact that, like, I didn't really like it in real life either, <laughs> um, so I was like, I don't want it in my TV show. No, I hate it, I hate it in real life. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, I think, like, if I focus on it in my TV show, I will figure it out in real life. <laughs> Me training my brain. Yeah. Well, we're the same way. <laughs> We tell that about everybody. Leave your politics out of my Star Wars if you want to bring it. I mean, it's always always a, a neat parallel to look at, but we mm-hmm. don't get deep into it. Right. And yeah, the thing is, I don't bother with that discussion in real life, but when it when it correlates with starting to do it. Right, right, exactly. And I think that, that for me, it's it's such the, the good connection that I can build because then I can go, oh, my God, like this, this happens here, and it also happens here <laughs> in real world. Right. Um. Right. It's right. very, um, speaking of Dooku, I forgot to mention this, but, like, it's very interesting to think about the fact that he, being a former Jedi, I want to know how big of, like, an appeal that was for people, because, obviously, Palpatine isn't the leader of that group, so, like, did Palpatine tell him, like, use your old Jedi relation to be convincing to them, or... Was it the opposite? Was it, I denounced the Jedi because they're corrupt and that's why you should follow me? Like, how he marketed himself, I guess. <laughs> I, th- I think that would be more it. I think uh, the whole, during the whole plan, it worked out for him to turn on it and they could use the dogmatic views and they, they don't see it and they're selfish and all these things. I think Dooku could explain that pretty well. That's true. That's true. I think um, able to follow him for it. Yeah. Uh, so... What's funny is he can get a regular person, but he couldn't get he couldn't get Qui Gon to go with him. He couldn't get Rail Avaron to go with him. And he couldn't get Kenobi to go with him. But he can get a half a galaxy to go with him. Yeah, it's but wild. It is wild, and it's interesting. Yeah, to think about like the fact that like Obi Wan, Qui Gon, and Rail all know like all the things that he has learned that Dooku himself has learned, and that that was the make or break between those guys and the rest of the galaxy, the half of the galaxy that followed him. Right. Um, so the next like events, I guess, that follow this are so incredibly timed <laughs> that it is admirable how well Dooku, Grievous, and Palpatine can all coincide a plan. Um, and the explosion in time with the Senate meeting, in time with the voting, yeah. blew my mind. Um, obviously, it's written that way, and I try to, but I try to insert myself into the Star Wars universe whenever I'm watching it. So it's very cheesy when I think about it, but oh, I'm like, yeah. God. I'm immersed. Yeah, exactly. No, no, 
not at all. It, it's a I, I immerse. I don't want to be let out. I want to be. It's the same thing with I do audio books or whatever. I don't want interruption. I want in that moment. I want to be in the room with those people. So I get hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was probably that. Honestly, was probably my favorite part of that whole episode is the fact that it was so perfectly timed. Because even knowing what was going to happen, I was like, oh my god. Okay, they're on their way. Okay, they're they're talking. Okay, they're pressing the voting buttons. Oh my god, it's going to explode. <laughs> Right? Stupid, but I love it. Any second. You know, it kind of, when you see these droids, which were awesome droids, the sweepers that turn into, like, bombs. Yeah. Right? That was awesome. You really wonder why that doesn't happen more and more and more in the Star Wars universe since they have artificial intelligence. I guess it would be just too easy to keep throwing droids everywhere. Yeah. But uh, it is one of those wild things where that was pretty simple to get in and and blow up the the power generator to the Senate. Yeah, (laughs) and that clone was just like, okay, bye, like, Good luck. I just yeah. Everybody, everybody. About time you got here to clean something. Go. Yeah, and then um, the the thought process behind like was there no they they assumed that separatists did it, but they didn't worry about how. So like, was there an investigation after there was an explosion? Because like, how did they get in? They don't even discuss it. They aren't even like, oh, we're gonna find out how they did it and then be better next time. They just don't care. <laughs> I'm sure they. I'm sure they have a police crew somewhere, a CSI. Yeah, that's going out there. You know, Jedi CSI. I love it. <laughs> right. All right. Well, outside of that, the only other thing that happens in that episode is pa- is Ahsoka making that comment about like, um, you and Anakin have more in common than you think. Um, maybe that's why you get along so well. And then we're all like, ha ha. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. But I'll tell you what, she ends up, she's a lot like Anakin too, Ahsoka, because you've seen her with, with Lux, oh, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the the Hot Topic episode I did on my favorite Jedi and how I went how um, Ahsoka is basically flawless, mm-hmm. right? And that's lifted to me as the top Jedi. That's the closest she comes with, with Lux um, through the time she meets him and gets upset and jealous later when they're training, you know, right. where she's almost losing her way and not, not following the rules. Mm-hmm. I see it worse in like Obi-Wan when, with him, you know, as a teen is Obi-Wan literally would have left the order. He said he would have left the order for her. Yeah. So that's where he was flawed in that, in that respect. Ahsoka always stayed the course. This is the closest she came to temptation with not fuck horse. And I think that a lot of stuff happened in Ahsoka's, um, in this, this this arc, just two episodes, just between two tours, just outfight, but her whole attitude towards Jedi war, everything, and even station with with the boy, mm-hmm. you know, nothing, nothing is so good she can get through and it. And that's one, and, and you know, with all the temptation, all the problems, all the everything, even in the end, even when she leaves the Jedi order, leaves the Jedi order for the right reason to figure it out. Right, I'm talking before, before episode seven. Mm-hmm. She leaves. Leaves. It's like. I went through all this stuff with the you know what this war is going on. I, I aren't exactly as great as we think they are. I need time to figure it out. Only a real Jedi, uh, a true great Jedi, would be able to do that. Would be able to have the wherewithal to decide I'm going to walk off and leave, yeah. and then come back later when she has that arc, the arc in the middle of seven that I didn't like with with the the sisters. Right? Mm-hmm. She does figure out more and more, but the same stuff she already figured out with Lux about the Jedi not being as great. They kill the people have died because of them. This right. And that. Um. But she makes decisions based on the whole, the people, the force, everything, not just what the Jedi rules say. 
I think that's right. awesome. Yeah, and I agree. I think that's exactly what makes a great Jedi. It's it's definitely um, it warms my heart to think about the fact that like she is the definition of a great Jedi when she's leaving the order and that she gets to work with Kanan and Ezra later. Um, That for me, like that's actually what helps me hold on to liking Ezra because he's probably one of my least favorite characters in star Wars. Um, But holding on to the fact that like he's getting taught by Ahsoka and Kanan, who are two of my favorite characters in star Wars. Um, And they both are very aware of things. Me too. That went on in the Jedi Order. So it's very cool. Um, Larger picture, but definitely awesome. Um, Do you have any final thoughts on these two episodes? Or Ahsoka and Padme? No, I do think, like I told you, I do have a a lot of issues with filler episodes. And I think most Padme episodes are, unfortunately. I didn't have a great respect for uh, Padme's character. Mm -hmm. Um, After the movies, I thought she was wooden and stuff. But if you, like, the Queen's Peril and... uh, the, the newer books, I was excited that you, nice. you uh, although we thought it was funny that it was me coming on for Padme episodes. That is funny, but I love Mixing, it. who, again, is one of my favorite Jedi. It, it worked out perfect, and these were really, really strong. It's just great stuff, and uh, I was glad that uh, Ahsoka got character development she needed. We got to see it right there, and I hadn't realized that those were the two episodes that really probably turned her around. Yeah, I hadn't realized it either. I'm so glad that I was able to do those. I'm glad that these are kind of my quote-unquote comeback episodes. Um, cause like I said, I haven't posted in a while here. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on and talking to me about it. I know Clone Wars commentary is kind of, um, <clears throat> for lack of a better word, kind of like our filler episodes. We, we just love talking about Clone Wars and stuff. Um, and the characters that we get to see and the deeper results of them that we get to see. So I appreciate you joining me for this conversation. Right on. And there, there is no filler in us. There's no filler in a podcast. <laughs> we just talk about everything. We love it. And then you find out, when you, when you can find a cool filler episode and turn it into something important, that's rad. That's true. It is It is half the fun. Um, all right. Well, that's really it for these two episodes. Chris, do you want to tell them where they can find you? Uh, just catch us on all the social on Instagram at Sarlacc Digest and Hot Topic Podcast, spin-off show of the Sarlacc Digest. So catch us both. I'm usually in the DMs and we'll respond quick. Also on Facebook on the Sarlacc Digest. We have a Facebook group, the Sarlacc Digest, uh, big um, Twitter, Sarlacc Digest, and of course our YouTube channel. Please like, share, hit the bell, whatever you're going to do, live videos every day. And thanks for having um, us on. I love working with other podcasts and other Star Wars fans. It's the best part of this job. Hi, you guys um, can find me personally at Jerica on Instagram or Jerica 95 on Twitter. You can read my blogs at thekybercrystal.wordpress.com. Crystal does have two L's in it. Um, and then you can find the main show, the big show, Castle Run Weekly, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Reach out to us on any of those platforms, and we should be able to get back to you within a few hours. Um, Listen to the podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify, and Podbean. Um, And then visit our website, KesselRunWeekly.com, or join our Facebook group, The Kessel Crew. Um, We usually post polls there and then just kind of chat up some Star Wars. It's not super active, but we would love to get it that way. So please go over there and join that group, um, and we can have some cool Star Wars discussions. Thank you all for listening to Clone Wars Commentary. Thank you, Chris, for joining me. And may the Force be with you. Always.